I'm Jackie Lockie, your financial planning maestro. This series of podcasts is aimed at financial planning professionals and also those who are looking to enter the financial planning profession. We will be talking during the podcast about all things Certified Financial Planner certification related, talking to other CFPs around the world, and also we will be dropping in on some new entrants who've just entered the financial planning profession, and we'll be checking up along the way on a regular basis with them to see how they're getting on. I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hello and welcome. I'm Jackie Lucky, your financial planning maestro. And today I'm joined by Carmen Bukawanu from Wealth Matters, who is a very special lady and she's going to share her journey to CFP certification with us. All the ups and downs, as many of you I know will have along the way, and she's going to share some special tips and share some of her experiences. So a very warm welcome, Carmen. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me, Jackie. It's really lovely to speak to you again. (laughs) And we have lots of things to chat about today. I've got a list as long as your arm. And I'm going to start at the very beginning and ask you all about how you came across the profession of financial planning and how you've got to where you are today. Right, yes. Yeah. So four years ago, I joined Wealth Matters as a trainee power planner. Uh, prior to that, I worked at HSBC in a customer service role. During my time at HSBC, I became very interested in becoming a mortgage advisor. So I took the relevant exams, which were R01, R05 and CF6. Then after I received my mortgage advice certificate, I tried to find a position at HSBC. Um, I tried and tried for about 18 months at which point I realized that maybe HSBC wasn't the right place for me. So mm-hmm. I uploaded my CV online. Uh, and not long after, one recruitment agency co- contacted me about this vacancy at Wealth Matters as a trainee power planner. And yeah, I just uh, I just took it. I um, Back then, I didn't know anything about the power planning role, um, but it sounded very appealing. Um, And that's how I entered financial planning. (laughs) Uh And what was it? Were there particular aspects that interested you in the the role that you saw in that advert? It sounded very appealing because I already had the two exams, R01 and R05. I only needed uh, four more exams to qualify um, for the diploma in financial planning. Um, Wealth Matters were looking for um, someone who had already started taking exams or is looking to, you know, take the exams to depli- uh, to, to become diploma qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a very, very straightforward process. I'm really happy I, um, I followed the uh, recruitment agency's advice and, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so that was really, I guess... When you started at Wealth Matters, did you notice that there was a difference in approach to the service that they offered to their clients, to the way that you were doing it at HSBC? Oh, absolutely. I worked um, for almost four years at HSBC and it was very sales driven. It's it, Yeah, it's a very focused on sales targets. I worked as a customer service officer, so... I was dealing with um, clients on a daily basis, opening current accounts, credit cards, savings accounts, loans, you name it. We had Mm -hmm. a target. 
it was sometimes it was very hard to present this, you know, offers to our clients because some of them just didn't need them, didn't need the, another credit card. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't need a, uh, another savings account and so on. So it was very different when I joined Work Matters. It was quite refreshing because mm. I didn't have to think about, first of all, I started studying for my exams and working on client reports and so on. So I didn't have fa- uh, much face, um, face-to-face contact with our clients. But later on, I started being more involved in meetings and presenting certain things from a client meeting agenda. And uh, I became quite confident in that. But no, prior to that, I was, I was just looking for a back office <laughs> role um, because I just, while working at, HS, at HSBC, I, uh, I became quite anxious about all of this um, target thing and mm. selling, 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 not yeah. thinking about anything else. Yeah, it was yeah. And and I think that's quite common. Why, as we will get on to a little bit later, why so many women don't stay in the financial advice profession when there is certainly in my day when I started um, back in a very long time ago, Carmen, um, <laughs> we 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 had targets and you had to be quite a you know a hunter um, yeah. and uh, and go out and you know hunt down your clients and sell them particular products um uh, in the days of commission pre-rdr as well uh, you had to earn a certain amount of commission um and it felt very cutthroat and like you say you know uncomfortable if you know or you think that you know there's a potential that the client doesn't need another credit card doesn't need another investment bond or whatever it might be um so i think there is a natural conflict in in the kind of product selling side of the the advice world um and i think not just women although i think it is you know quite a lot of women tell me that they feel that way um so you're certainly not alone in in those feelings that you had um but i'm glad that you found uh home actually at Wealth Matters. So tell me a bit more about how you found out about the CFP and why you decided to undertake the certification assessment. Yes, so um, I'm very proud to work at a CISI chartered firm um, and I learned all about CFP from our two directors, Julian and Bruce, because they're both CFP qualified. They have um, their certificate. And uh, they always encouraged all of us um, at the firm to undertake certification. And earlier this year, two of us received the most amazing news of passing the case study assessment. (laughs) That was a big, massive celebration at at Wealth Matters. We had champagne, cake. Julian was all over the moon, like was expected. (laughs) But (laughs) it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. And, but prior to all of that, you know, with everybody's journey through the, you know, the level seven assessment, did you, you sat the level six exam first, and then went on to the level seven case study financial plan assessment, did you? Yes, I did. Yeah, I took the level six exam in March 2021. Um, I had a marginal fail. I was quite gutted. (laughs) Yeah, that's disappointing, and, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I took it again in September. I found it quite, it, it was a totally different experience. Um, and yes, I passed in November. I found out that I passed and yeah, immediately signed up for the um, CFP case study assessment. And um, I think I 
didn't do anything for about two weeks. <laughs> I just couldn't get my mind into it. I did. Um, I I enrolled into a course with the Financial Planning Academy Training Academy. Yes, uh, it's a three day fast track course. Uh, so I did that. I worked on my case study a little bit. Um, and um, I think I just took two weeks off after that. <laughs> and I contacted you just before, between Christmas and New Year's, if you remember. Yes, and, I remember. Uh, we talked about my case study. And um, yeah, that's when I realized I am so far from being where I <laughs> want to be. <laughs> Uh, that's when my my challenging journey started. Yes. Eight weeks of um, hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wasn't kind of kind of gonna say that word, yeah. but yes, <laughs> I'm sure it did feel for uh, feel very tough for you yes. um, at the time. And you, I can remember very clearly when we were talking about how many spreadsheets should you have, and you said to me, Jackie, I think I've got forty spreadsheets. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Uh oh, <laughs> we can't yes. get all these spreadsheets into your plan because you've only got sixty pages, and that doesn't yeah. leave you enough room to write anything." <laughs> yes, we have a problem here. Yeah, we have I a problem. Remember. Yeah, but you know, we talk through you know which bits to use and which bits not to use, and things yeah. like that. And then you know, you were able, hopefully, then to, you know, you were able because you did pass, able to see the wood for the trees. Because I think when you get into the thick of the assessment, yes. you you can't see anything around you. It's so all-consuming, isn't it? Yes, Jackie. But let's remember that when I first met you in December 2021, I only had six spreadsheets. Yes. <laughs> and I was expecting to pass with those spreadsheets. Yeah. And yeah, I, and then I you just, found out that I didn't yeah. think you would. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But yeah. with him, I, yeah. But many of my other, like, I think we were, I can't remember exactly, but maybe 10, 10 of us attended this course, fast track course. Mm. And most of them did what I had done the six spreadsheets yeah. and that's I think that's just not it's not going to cut it no it's just not going to cut it and no. um yeah I, I uh this this um I would seriously encourage anyone who wants to undertake this journey to to speak to you and uh, because they they have so much to learn and yeah I know you offer quite a few options um yes. but no I think that I wouldn't have I wouldn't have passed not even a marginal fail if I hadn't you know um met you and you know to talk about my my case study it was it's a pleasure to help you along the way and just for the benefit of everyone we weren't in complete agony the entire time we did have a few giggles along the way as well didn't we Yes, yes, we did. Yes. Uh, it wasn't all hell. It no. can be quite rewarding. It's a very rewarding experience as well because as you come up, um, like you're working through your case study, there's so many things you could you could do in this case study, but you only have to do one. You only have to follow uh, one path because yes. you could uh, reach the same um, you know, result uh, by doing five or six paths, it's only one that you have to follow. And it's quite rewarding when you get to the final stage and you can see that, yes, these clients can, uh, can you know, achieve all their goals. It's amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I guess it's a bit like going through a maze with different exits, isn't it? You can take different paths and you still get to the same place, but you don't have to take all the paths at the same time. And I think that's what puts people in a bit of a tailspin. Yes. Once I realized what I had to do, where I have to work on, it was very straightforward. It was just, uh, um, I don't know, a question of time. Like it was, I just had to put so many hours into it. It's not, it's not a quick thing to work on. Um, I, yeah. I say to quite a lot of people that they should earmark at least 60 hours and maybe up to 100 hours to to do themselves justice. Would you say that's a fair assessment? How, how many, do you have a rough idea of how, much, how long it took you? Anything. So uh, for about eight weeks, I've put in at least three to four hours a day. Let's say three hours a day. So yeah, 160 hours, I would say. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's that's a bit of a beast that you created there, Carmen. <laughs> yes, but I think I took the hard. Um, I um, yeah, um, the way I worked my um, Excel spreadsheets, I think that was the the most difficult way you could ever attempt to do it. I think you have a much more simplified way of you know reaching the same result. I uh, I had to build my own cash flow um modeling so it's not just about showing the shortfall yes at retirement um it's to show how you you know how the clients can achieve you need to show how you know from all of these parts you have pension isas gis you have to show how they can reach their goals by um you know, taking income out at the right retirement age and including other benefits like uh, state pension and if necessary, state benefits. Um, But yeah, that's how I reached to my 40 pages um, appendix. (laughs) (laughs) And so after all of that, it must have been a huge relief. No wonder you had lots of celebrations. I saw it with lots of photographs over LinkedIn of uh, both you and Catherine celebrating passing your certified financial planner certification. And and so looking back now, that was a few months ago now. Now you've had chance to digest the journey. Um, tell us a little bit about how it has it challenged the way that you you work in your business now? Um, ha, has it changed the way that you look at client information when you're, you know, you're doing power planning? Because actually you're managing a team as well now, aren't you? Yes, yes. Um, I run a team of four power planners at Wealth Matters. Um, it did challenge my thought process to some extent, but I, I would have to say that as a chartered firm, we already shared the CISI and CFP approach when giving financial advice. Mm. Um, of course, I had a few gaps, such as state benefits. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. everyone, I think, yes. um, and, and others. Um, I think I became quite um, aware of my own financial planning. I have to say, while I was studying for the level six exam and I was reading the book, um, I um, I became like I'm 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 a big spender. I like. Um, to reward myself all the time. 
I have yeah. to say. Now, by reading this book, um, I realized that, well, I kind of have to start saving now because I'm also a mom. I have two pets. I, I need, uh, I'm a single mom, by the way. So I have to take uh, care of everything by myself with no other support. So mm. um, I, uh, yeah, I did, it did uh, trigger some, um, I don't know, thoughts about, yeah. you know, what, what my retirement is going to look like if I keep spending like this. And I, I only think about, um, you know, gratification at present without, you know, thinking about well, what's going to happen in 20, 30 years time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's a useful process to, you know, to at least you had that chance, you know, that kind of check didn't you check in with yourself to say oh hang on a minute do I want do I want I have the opportunity now to make my future and my retirement look different yes yes I'm still working on it (laughs) but at least you're not blindly rolling towards retirement and then think hey ho you know whatever happens happens Oh yeah, we have to realize that. Well, well, I don't know how uh, how much longer can we rely on state pension? Like we don't know what's going to happen in a few years' time. Mm-hmm. Is the triple R going to be still in place in 10, 20 years? Like we don't know. We might no. end up <laughs> with nothing. Yes, so, with nothing. Yeah, you know, we have to look after ourselves. And yeah, financial planning. This is the way to go. Yeah. And for you personally, and obviously for, you know, for your family as well, does it, does it, has it helped you educate, you know, your, your family about their finances? Have you been able to have the, those kinds of discussions about money with them at at a younger age? Oh, yes, absolutely. I speak about financial planning with everyone I know, even strangers I meet uh, in the park when I'm walking my dog. We <laughs> somehow end up talking about pensions and investments. I don't know how, but we, yeah, we end up there. And uh, I tell them about pensions, the benefits of paying to a pension, the the tax reliefs you get with, with these contributions and how much is... Um, can help you build a retirement plan, you know, um, how important this is. And we're lucky to still receive the the tax relief from the government. So let's just enjoy that and, um, yeah, take take advantage of everything we get. Absolutely, yeah, make the most of it while you can. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, as a, a woman in the financial planning profession, I've certainly seen changes in the number of women having more high profile jobs, more female financial planners, uh, you know, in the last two decades that I've been kicking around in this profession. How, what's, what's your experience been like about whether you've been included or excluded in, you know, at conferences and at different places of work? Um, I, um, I have to say to this day, I still don't understand why there are so few women in financial planning. Mm. I haven't had any unpleasant experiences since I became a part planner and, uh, I've been to many conferences, um, with CISI, um, FUM, I think, no, HUM. HUM, yeah. Um, and, um, there's, there's quite a, a, a good balance between men and women in there. That's, that's what 
I seem to 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 find at every single conference that I go to. Yeah. So I I don't understand this discrepancy. Like um, I'm, like I don't want to negate it, but I just are, are there really so many you know so so few women in in financial planning because there are them, unfortunately. But I wonder whether some of it is a legacy problem. For people, you know, of my generation, if you like, my age, um, at, because certainly when I was a lot younger, um, I was discriminated against in various jobs that I held. Um, and I was expected, you know, to make the coffee rather than uh, give advice to clients and things like that in different situations. Not all jobs, I have to say, and not all employers that I've worked for over the years. Um, but certainly when I got my very first advice job, um, we went, uh, some of my colleagues and I, all male, obviously, we went off to the first financial planning uh, or financial advice conference, actually, as it was then. Um, and we worked for uh, a network. And when we went to the network meeting, I was the only female in a room of 200 men. Oh, wow. Um, and two of them thought that I was the tea lady and asked me to get them coffee and tea. Oh. <laughs> oh. They were nearly wearing it. But uh, for those people who know me, they're probably thinking, yeah, that's about right. Uh, but yes, that wasn't a particularly pleasant experience. But it, it's, and I think the thing is that uh, it's great that you haven't experienced anything because that means that the financial planning and the financial advice world is changing, has changed for for you not to experience those kind of things. And that's what we want. So for the people and the females and males who come along behind you uh, of the next generation of financial planners, we don't want them, anybody, to experience any kind of prejudice, do we? Yeah, um, maybe I'm just lucky um, to not encounter any kind of unpleasant experiences while working in financial planning. Yeah. Uh, at our firm, we have two females and two male advisors, so it's good balance. Mm. Um, graduates, we we took three graduates. I would say that out of um, fourteen team members, four people are men. That's it. Most of my women. So we kind of we, we're. We're always overpowering them in meetings, and you know how you know women are like. Like we like a chat and everything, but um, uh, but no, it's a very pleasant. Um, I don't know. Um, it's always very pleasant to go in the office, and yeah, I've never, never, never felt, never mm. felt um, uncomfortable in this profession. Maybe a little bit at HSBC. I don't know, but. Yeah. We're not talking about that, so... <laughs> no, we're looking forward. And yeah. so what does the future hold for you as an, an individual and a paraplanner? Because, you know, some people say to me, oh, well, you know, if I am a paraplanner or paraplanning manager, maybe I don't need CFP because you only need CFP if you're client-facing. So what would you say to that? Like you, you don't need CFP to offer financial planning advice. However, if you want to be the best of the best, that's what you want to to get. Like you, you want to achieve this certification. Like, um, uh, like I said, I I run a, a team of power planners at uh, at Wealth Matters, and we um I, I look after the graduates as well to some extent. And and four of our team members are 
you know, looking to undertake this journey in March 2023. That's when they enroll for the level six exam. So at this point, um, I just want to help my other colleagues to, you know, achieve this certification, give them tips, um, encourage them, just, you know, because you always have to, oh, you need a lot of reassurance, don't you, when you, you, you know, yeah. study for level six and then do the case study. You need a lot of... Yeah. A lot of encouragement. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to be there for them. Yeah. And you, both you and Catherine, are in a unique position to be able to support those people because you've been through it so recently. And, you know, they can bounce ideas off you um, uh, when they come, when they get that far with their case studies and, and with their exam, can't they? Yes, exactly. And they <laughs> always have you, of course. <laughs> be there hanging around you know me <laughs> so we are nearly at the end of our time together Carmen but I just wanted to ask you one final question about the CFP as we've talked about today there are probably lots of people listening to this podcast who are thinking mm, maybe I should give this CFP malarkey a go um, do you have any tips for anybody who's perhaps sitting on the fence um, about how they could best prepare themselves for CFP certification? I would have to say that, you know, people who have undertaken this journey, they they almost have different, very different experiences. Like you can't, you, you can't take two experiences, you know, next to each, each other and think, yes, um, that, that I, I can appeal to that. Like mm. they are all very different experiences. My most important tip would be to not listen to what everyone is saying just follow follow your god follow your instinct and go with what you think is um you know relevant to you to your case study to uh, the way you you study your studying approach and everything um i've heard so many stories um one of my um ex-colleagues from HSBC she she did that as well um she said she had to put her life away for three years and it was just horrendous she wouldn't she wouldn't do it again it, it was just heartbreaking and I just I just can't put myself in that situation I can't imagine doing this for three years it's just it, it's a crazy amount of time to put away mm -hmm. to achieve certification I would say do not put minimum effort into your case study don't think that i'm just gonna work on it for i don't know 20 30 hours um submit it to cisi and wait for my feedback yeah maximum effort and plan your time isn't it you know yeah. if you're gonna spend 100 hours or like you 160 hours yeah. on it then you know you need to make some proper time out in your diary maybe even talk to your employer if they don't give you any time off for studying exactly you need to ask for study time for study leave for this yeah um, we we have a learning for for life program at wealth matters so we do have study leave but i know that it's not a common practice in mm. financial planning and we should we should really look into it but yeah. um yeah you need study support you you, you need Jackie Lockie definitely <laughs> like I would 100% recommend they book you either to do the fast track course 
or one-to-one sessions, um, it's all good. Very good. I would definitely recommend that. And um, yeah, I would say um, to take the level six um, exam, you only need three or four months. That's it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, try to, you know, uh, read that book over and over again, and then maybe take the exam in in ten months' time. It's just not going to work. Yeah. You you only need to read that book maybe once or twice. Um, study for three three months maybe, and then take the exam. That's it. I would say for the level six exam, um, just put time away for your calculations because this is how I I missed my my first exam. This is how I failed it. Um, just try to attend working on your calculations first, and then um, all the other bits in the exam. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it, I guess. That's, that's lots of advice. That's lots <laughs> of tips. Thank you very much. That's very kind uh, and very kind words about my courses and me. That's uh, that's uh, £10 I owe you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, Carmen, we have come to the end of our chat today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, thanks for sharing your journey. I know it's not always, it has not always been a positive experience, but you, you got there in the end. And like you said, everybody has a different journey. And hopefully by listening to our little chat today, that other people will be inspired by you because you're a very inspirational and lovely woman. Um, And it's been an absolute pleasure to work with you. So thanks for joining me today, Carmen. Oh, thank you, Jackie. Thank you again for offering me the opportunity to share my experience. It was very rewarding, lovely to hear the great news. And I'm so happy that you helped me through my journey. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. It's really interesting, isn't it, to listen to other people's points of view about different things, all relating to our wonderful financial planning profession. If you know anyone who might be interested in listening to any of these podcasts, please pass on our details to them. So that's it from me. Join me again next time when we'll be talking all things Certified Financial Planner related and also dropping in on our new entrance to the financial planning profession. Bye for now.